As a Catholic farm girl in Minnesota, I certainly never expected to ever be the Jewish party maven. But 4,400 parties and 26 years later, I am indeed an expert at Jewish parties. I am fiercely committed to helping the best vendors book more parties in this amazing, lucrative, and incredibly loyal Jewish party market. Let's go! Well, welcome to the Book More Jewish Weddings podcast. Today, I have the great pleasure of talking with Mary Catherine Moore from the Shinola Hotel in Detroit. And the Shinola is one of those iconic places, and I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Hello, Mary Catherine. Hi, hello. Thanks for having me. Well, tell us a little bit about you and the Shinola. Yeah, so um, I'm the director of events and catering at Shinola Hotel. We're in downtown Detroit. Um, we opened right after the new year in 2018. Um, and I actually work for NoHo Hospitality, uh, who is the food and beverage provider within, no- uh, within Shinola Hotel. So we manage everything to eat and drink from room service to our lobby program to Mr. Dips, which we just opened, San Morello, as well as our banquets and catering, uh, weddings and corporate events um, across the hotel. Wait, tell me, Mr. Dips? Is that what you just said? Yes, yes. We just What's opened that? Mr. Dips. <laughs> it's our um, our second fast casual concept at the hotel. Um, it's huh? burgers, uh, soft serve with fun dips. Um, we have like cheesy waffle fries. So it's a really fun concept that we started in Brooklyn, New York. Um, we just opened cool. a second location uh, in downtown Manhattan. And then this is the third location here in Detroit, first one outside of New York. So we're really excited. Just opened a few weeks ago and um, people seem to be really enjoying it. So we're pumped. Very cool. Well, tell me more about the Chanel. How many rooms does it have? How big is the banquet space? Yes. Yeah, so we are a boutique hotel. It's the first hotel um, by the Shinola brand. Um, we have 129 rooms, um, very unique layouts. They they took three historic buildings um, in downtown, uh, right on Woodward, around Grand River and Farmer Street, um, and took two other buildings that were new construction and melded them all together to make this really unique layout. So um, all the rooms are a little bit different. There's I think 50 different mm-hmm. floor plans for 129 rooms, which keeps it really fun. Your experience can be just a little bit different every time you come to stay. Um, and yeah, it's it's kind of like a campus. We have Parker's Alley that goes kind of in between some of those buildings and has the different bars and restaurants, some local restaurant, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, some local businesses have um, retail stores down the alley. So it's a really fun place to come to stay, but also to attend an event or to just come down and walk around, eat and drink and do some shopping. So it's so awesome. And when I work weddings there, it's amazing to see all the cool photo op- opportunities there. Definitely, and- definitely. So tell me how it works when you don't have your wedding party there. I have a wedding party at some comp- competing hotel and they want to come take pictures in your alley. Is that an option for them? Yeah. I mean, Parker's Alley, we curate the space, but it's it's a public space, honestly. So huh? um, folks are welcome to come and take photos, understanding it's not a private area. So there could be other people mm-hmm. walking around. But um, at the hotel, we do try to keep the common areas kind of dedicated to guests and people walking through. So we don't allow photography in the common areas of the hotel. Um, but of course, the alley is kind of open to everyone. And there's mm-hmm. all these great um, kind of industrial backdrops with the fire escape and the cobblestone and the old brick huh. and sign hand-painted signage from these like hundred-year-old buildings. So it makes for and really live great musicians. And yeah. Live yeah. Musicians, yeah, so awesome there. You guys are amazing. Well, very cool. Well, this podcast is called Book More Jewish Weddings, and it's designed primarily for vendors who 
would like to learn more about Jewish customs, but also vendors who would like to be better vendors. And I would love to chat with you a little bit about a preferred vendor list and what that means and how to get on it and how to stay on it and, and what it means from a client perspective as well. When you mm-hmm. hear someone has a preferred vendor list, what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, I think for for each venue, it's probably a little bit different. And also within each like vendor, uh, venue manager, I think it might be a little bit different. Um, what it means means for us and what we tell clients when they ask is that um, anyone on our list has worked with us start to finish at least twice in our space. So usually it means some cl- a client has brought them in. So we've had the opportunity to meet them. We go through the planning process. We go through executing the event and, of course, follow up. Um, and based on how we communicate, how they take care of the space, how we communicate with each other and collaborate through the process, um, then we evaluate if we'll add them on our preferred vendor list. Because it's really important, of course, anytime you're vouching for someone else that you're aligned in terms of um, a few different categories. So um, especially when we refer opening, we didn't really have a preferred vendor list because we hadn't done any events together. And I believe that we want to make sure that we've been through all of those steps of the process before we go through that step. So, um, and we are still a new property. So we're constantly still adding people to that list. Um, And we don't have any exclusives other than our on-site catering. So, um, you know, we don't have any people you have to use at this time. So that also hopefully gives us the, the flexibility to keep expanding that list. But your property is a really unique property and having someone who knows the ropes of how to load in, how to unload, how to mm-hmm. utilize where the light is in the, the birdie room or your, you know, your fabulous open air space and the rooftop and all that. Having experience there is huge. So having a preferred vendor list gives someone a sense of confidence that those vendors can do their best work there. And absolutely, I think that's yeah. important. So can you dish on some ways to get off your preferred vendors list? I mean, what kind of things do people do badly that would make them not be on your list? I know I see vendors make awful mistakes about Judaism and about just not being in the right place at the right time, but it's also about communicating, right? Yeah. So far, we haven't had to remove anybody from our list, fortunately. I I don't know how we would broach that. It would have to be pretty egregious, I think. Um, You know, also, because we've worked with these folks at least twice, often more, we've also developed a relationship and a style of communication that hopefully would allow us to give feedback. Like if something doesn't go as Mm -hmm. well, hopefully that they are interested in that feedback and we are reaching out with it. So there's an opportunity to correct and improve moving forward. So. Yes, there have been some cases where our space either, you know, wasn't taken care of as much as we would hope. Our space is like, it's so beautiful. It is also what Mm -hmm. we tell people is it's kind of precious. Um, You know, there's wood paneling everywhere that is local wood from the state of Michigan. And there is marble flooring and, um, you know, just a lot of antique pieces. So we it can seem like a bit of a burden sometimes, but we're constantly asking people, please be careful, please be careful, because we want the space to last and look just as beautiful in five years as it did on day one. So, um, you know, there have been a couple of instances where that hasn't happened and we've had to approach them and ask them to help us get it fixed or things like that. And um, I'd say like, if a mistake happens, just be forthcoming, just tell the venue, hey, we had a, somebody tripped and, you know, knocked this thing or um, this piece broke while we were working in the space and we'll find a way to make Mm -hmm. it right. But um, I think just being forthcoming and honest and also like paying attention when a venue gives guidelines um, just makes everyone's, you know, jobs easier because we can just trust it's going to be handled properly. 
Um, it's, it can be challenging when we're dealing with, you know, room setup, and we're also the caterer on site, of course. So we've got a lot of different focuses. And if we can just trust that the vendors know our policies and we don't have to like babysit or check on them again, that goes a really long way in terms of our peace of mind as a venue too. Sure. Absolutely. And I know things happen even when you have amazing vendors. I mean, I've done mm-hmm. this a long, long time and I think I'm pretty darn good at my job, but yeah. we had an experience recently where the floor plan wasn't communicated to anybody as far as we know. And we ended up changing things around a, a couple of times. And that was a new experience for me. And, uh, you know, we all learn things every time. I'm, communication is so important. And just understanding that we all have the same goal is mm-hmm. huge. And our goal Absolutely. is always to make the best experience for the client. And I know you excel at that. And it's nice to know that people are on the same team. And yeah, absolutely. Thanks for saying that. I mean, we, we, I tell my team and I try to live this too, is that our vendors are actually our most important regulars and our most important referrals, right? Because hopefully, you know, we've done a couple events together, but hopefully we're going to do several dozen more. And the way that you then talk to your clients and your community about how we are to work with is just as important as, as how much we recommend you. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a two-way street, and I think we are all trying to serve the client, but if we can also keep in mind, like, serving each other and making sure we all make each other look good, it can only help in the long run. Absolutely. I totally wholeheartedly agree with that one, and it's always about the client and doing the best job we can for them. Mm-hmm. And so as a, a venue right now, it must be incredibly difficult to get staff. It must mm-hmm. be incredibly difficult to keep staff because everybody's poaching, everybody's good staff. And so what can you advise to our vendors or to our customers about how to take care of the staff that you have now? And tipping yeah. used to be something, <laughs> well, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but no, it's okay. tipping used to be something that was sort of, okay, you might tip, you might not. I think now you better be tipping. I think you you probably need as a client to be more generous now than you used to be. And Mm -hmm. that's a difficult thing to hear as a client, but this is a difficult economy for people to do a good job. Well, and it's also, there's just more steps for, for the clients to be kept safe, for our staff to be kept safe. Everything just has a few extra layers on it. And hopefully, you know, if we're doing our job properly, the client and the guests don't really see most of that, but on top of being short staffed, you know, our team members, at least at our hotel, are still masked up just for everyone's safety and to keep them, keep us, you know, healthy and so that we can keep working and keep providing the services sure. that we do. Um, but everything's just a little bit more challenging than it used to be on top of the fact that we have less hands than we used to. Like I do on my management team, our service team is a little smaller than it usually was. And we're trying to deliver just as high of a caliber product yeah. because... You know, I'm finding that the the guest expectations, people are so ready to party. Like they have been at home oh, yeah. for almost yep. a year and a half and we yeah. are ready to get out. And I think the hope yeah. and the expectation is that we can go back to just how it was before, um, if not better. Um, right. And so we feel that and we wear that because we care. It's part of why we do mm-hmm. this. Um, yep. But I think acknowledging that, you know, something that may seem so simple may take a few extra steps or a few extra you know, hands to get done. So, um, you know, in terms of our team, we really just try to keep it a, a safe and also positive and fun place to work as much as we can. Um, and we take a lot of pride in our, in the product that we're delivering. And I think mm-hmm. that keeps, keeps our team coming back as well as the fact that we just, we try to have fun and, and make sure everyone's having a good time and also continuing to learn and working well together. So 
we're fortunate to have the team that we do. We really, <laughs> they are really yeah, awesome. And I know it, and I know you take good care of your people. And as a vendor, I think it's important to understand that the things you used to take for granted may not be there anymore. I know that I worked at a different hotel recently and my job was to take 17 girls dresses down from the suite down to my car, into my car, take them to another venue where they would get dressed there. It used to be, I would call the bellman. He would come up with a cart. He would take all these dresses down. My car would be waiting there at valet. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? No more bellman, no more valet. So that simple task became a major okay how do you haul 17 dresses down without getting them all wrinkled anymore right, when you don't right. have a bell cart it things are different and so mm -hmm. as a vendor we need to not assume things anymore just because that's the way it used to be but it's also as a client understanding that some of those options aren't available anymore and may not be available for a long time and so i think patience and flexibility are still key to all of that and I know your staff works really hard training, training, training. I've been doing some workshops around Detroit and training people in Jewish customs, and I hope to do a whole bunch more of that. But I've got people going to sign up and take my class and, and learn all that. It's all about customer service, and you guys are the masters of customer service. Thank so you. Do you have any advice on what you look for when you're hiring people to get that customer service excellence? Yeah, I mean, we we definitely look for people who have at least a year or two of just catering and or serving experience. You know, there's some certain basic skill sets in terms of being able to carry large banquet trays, being able to, you know, serve and clear tables accurately, knowing a little bit about wine. But honestly, the thing that we look for the most is just people who, who care, who want to be a team player and who are eager to learn. Um, and, you know, folks who bring that energy to an interview. And also, of course, we do check references and just make sure, you know, how are they to work with? Are they reliable? All the, all the basics, honestly. But um, for us, it's also, it's really about being a team player. Like our team, it's very much like one team, one dream is kind of a, a cheesy phrase, but we really try to live by that. Mm -hmm. um, everyone has their assigned roles and, and some people have a little bit more leadership within the internal team, but everyone ultimately is there to make the, the dream and the event happen. So if we need to drop everything and change focus because, you know, a tray of glasses spills or something like that, we mm -hmm. all jump in um, and yeah. make sure that it's corrected. And then we continue doing what we were doing before. So that team mentality is something that um, is hard to teach. So we look right. for people that just kind of want to work in that environment. So have you come up with some key questions that you ask during an interview to, <laughs> to discover that? I mean, it's hard. People can fake a lot in an interview. Yes. Is yeah. there something you've come up with that reveals something? Um, I usually try to ask, you know, if they can tell me about a team that they worked on in the past that they really loved um, and tell me what that was like and what the dynamic was like and any examples. And then also to ask about a team they didn't love as much. And as soon as you ask people to talk about something a little bit less positive or something that was more challenging, it can also often reveal um, how they approach that situation or looked at that situation. But we also always sure. do like a secondary interview with another manager. So we get another set of eyes and we all have different interview okay. styles and I've learned a lot from my colleagues. Um, so mm -hmm. having another set of questions and, and uh, you know, eyes on, or you no know, eyes on a resume, but also just like speaking to mm -hmm. an additional person goes a long way. Awesome. Well, you are terrific and Shinola is terrific and lucky to have you there. And I know you bring that sense of dedication with you every day. And I 
I've watched you personally do things above and beyond the call of duty over and over and over again. And it's a, a wonderful thing. And well, our customers you, recognize it and appreciate it. And, and you are just awesome. So I appreciate your coming on the podcast today. And I look forward to working with you again and again. Is there any piece of wisdom you'd like to leave with our vendors? If somebody wants to be a above and beyond vendor, something that they ought to focus on? Um, something I, I, I've been thinking about a lot, just again, as we get back in the swing of things and it's, we're doing, you know, I'm so sure you are too, like a whole year in like seven months, um, this yeah. year, especially, <laughs> um, you know, if, and when there's ever something that may, we may not seem aligned on, or, you know, there's a group email or a group call and it seems like, oh, that's not what we talked about, or, oh, that doesn't seem to work. I would just say like, reach out to the venue directly or reach out to me directly and just say offline, aside from the client, Hey, how can we find a common ground and find a solution? And then we can both approach it with the guest and make sure that we then can like continue to move forward together as opposed to, you know, those, those group emails that can come sometimes spiral out of control, like getting off the email and onto the phone or in person can make such a big difference in building that relationship and finding common ground because ultimately it is a collaboration and you know we want to have a great event we want our vendors to you know be able to give the service they want to give um so i'd say just again just that collab collaboration is probably the biggest thing that that i've been thinking about lately that's huge absolutely yeah well yay Again, thank you very much. I appreciate your being here. The Shinola Hotel in Detroit is lucky to have you. And I hope to be working with you lots and lots. So thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. All right. Take care.